Indeed, it is true, Lord Jesus. Love so amazing, so divine, demands our soul, our life, and our all. In the name of the one true and living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. You may be seated. Well, we've all seen it. And if we're honest, I'm sure we've all done it. Whether it's hanging around the popular kid in school or dropping the name of some famous athlete or actor in some conversation to impress someone or rubbing shoulders with the right politician, if there is such a thing. And so we can all identify in some way with the question of James and John, Lord, when you come into your glory, well, we just want to be there with you. And if it's not too much to ask, we'd like to sit at your right hand and at your left. You see, there's something inside every one of us that wants that for ourselves. We've all wanted to find ourselves in places of popularity, of prestige, of position and of power. And it, at least we can say this, at least we can say that James and John had a sense of ambition, right? I'm serious. I mean, at least they weren't deadbeats who didn't care about anything. They wanted to be a part of the winning team. Unlike my beloved Longhorns, but that's a whole other sermon. <laughs> They wanted to share in Jesus' victory. They wanted to reap the rewards of the king and his kingdom. And well, if they just so happened to rub the noses of a few Roman soldiers in it along the way, then so be it. After all, let's think of the context of the question. James and John were Israelites. They were offspring of Abraham. They were of the chosen people of the one true and living God. I can't overstate that with words. And they were tired. They were tired of being beaten by the pagans with their false god, false gods, and their filthy, filthy immorality. After all, think of that time, perhaps, that you were bullied or ridiculed or publicly humiliated, perhaps, or embarrassed. That day, your coach or your boss made an example out of you in front of everyone. How did it make you feel? What did you think about it? What did you want to do? And does anybody need a punching bag right now? And it's not just that the Romans were winning on some neutral battlefield. They were beating up the Israelites in their own backyard, in their own home, in the very place and land that God had chosen for them, that he had promised to them and even given to them. The place where he himself had said, I will be your God and you will be my people. The place where God was supposed to show forth his power and his glory to the nations, but now. But now the Roman Empire was simply making a spectacle out of the Israelites before the nations. And if we really want to get provocative and we need to, it also looked like the Roman gods were beating up the God of Israel in his own backyard. 
Lord, we're tired of this. This isn't making us look very good. And if you get right down to it, it isn't making you look very good either, God. Ouch. Then again, these are the questions we all have, aren't they? Lord, this isn't right. This world seems to have gone mad. Where are you and when are you going to fix it? And by the way, can't we just wipe out those bad guys? I mean, James and John asked that question too. Lord, let's just call down some fire from heaven and wipe them all out as if they could do that. After all, seriously, isn't this why Hollywood has made billions and billions of dollars on action films? Where the so-called hero blows everyone and everything to smithereens? Why? Because it resonates with something inside of us. It speaks to that animalistic appetite we all have for retribution and revenge. And on a much more serious and consequential note, why is it that someone has to get jumped in to join a gang? And if you don't know what that means, you have to fight to get into a gang. Why does hazing happen in fraternities? What about things like domestic violence and child molestation? Why is it called a cycle of abuse? Because someone did it to me. And now somebody's gonna pay for it, whoever that somebody may be. That's what James and John really wanted. They wanted revenge. They wanted retaliation. They wanted retribution. They wanted to rub the Roman noses in the dirt. And when God's Messiah came into his glory, they wanted position and power and prestige. They wanted to be on the winning side and they wanted everyone to know it. You see, my friends, the problem is not necessarily in the pursuit of victory. It's in the path. It's so often in the path. Anytime that we act in a way that demeans and dehumanizes and demoralizes another person, we ourselves are lording it over them. We ourselves are perpetuating the problem and we ourselves are on the wrong path. We ourselves are continuing the cycle of abuse, whatever that abuse may be. Here's the thing, and this is where I really want it to start soaking into our spirit this morning. Because if James and John had really understood, if they really had understood what they were asking, they would have realized that to be seated on Jesus' right hand and left hand in his glory would mean they were seated on Sedalia, right? A tiny little wooden seat nailed to a cross of crucifixion. If they had really known what they were asking, they would have realized that that's what it meant to be seated on his right hand and on his left in his glory. The cross is the glory of God. It is a spectacle of defeat in the eyes of the world, but it is the very glory of God in the economy of salvation. When I survey the wondrous cross where the young prince of glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and poor contempt 
on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the cross of Christ my God, all the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down, did e'er such love and sorrow meet, or thorns compose so rich a crown. Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were an offering far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. The Apostle Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. So if I may speak to you personally for a moment, about 27 years ago, I made what I believe is a mature decision to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior as much as I'm capable of making a mature decision. I decided to give myself freely and fully to this Jesus, to let Jesus lead me wherever he may go and wherever that might take me. And the very first place the very first place that Jesus Christ led me was to the cross. I saw him there, hanging there in an image in my mind. And I thought long and hard about what it is that he's done for me. The sacrifice that God himself made for me and what that sacrifice meant for me. The forgiveness of my sins the salvation of my soul, the freedom from fear of death and the hope of everlasting life. And when I understood these things, then I knew. I knew that this is the very victory of God. This cross is the glory of God. And when I realized that Jesus had done this for me, I understood that he had done it for everyone. And this is what I wanna say. This is what delivered me from the desire to hurt or harm other people? The cross is what did that. This is what kept me from wanting to seek revenge on those who afflicted me for whatever reason. And this is what turned me. Jesus Christ is who turned me into someone by his grace who wants to help and heal and proclaim the only message of hope that there is in this world. Our reading from Isaiah 53 this morning says this, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace and by his wounds we are healed. The transaction is so simple and it's so powerful. We give him our sin and death, and he gives us his light and his life and his love. That's the power and the glory of the cross. We hand over to him our filthy rags, and he gives us his love. We give him the good, the bad, the ugly, the hopes, the dreams, the desires, the fears, the failures, and the shame, and he gives us himself. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a really good deal to me. And that's what Jesus is doing with James and John this morning. That's what he's doing with all of us. He's inviting us to the cross. Are you able to drink of the cup 
that I will drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? My friends, in a dog-eat-dog world where so many are climbing the ladder to try and become king of the hill so that they can look down their noses at others and lord it and position it over them with power and prestige, Jesus turns to his followers and he says this, it shall not be so among you. It shall not be so among you. For whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. And why? Because that's exactly, that's exactly what Jesus did for us. The God who made everything that was and is and ever will be, and the God who could take it all away in the blink of an eye, came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So I'm gonna close with something I stole from Bubba this week and he gave me permission to steal it from him. There's this idea or this phrase among Christians that's called the fifth gospel. The fifth gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four gospels of the Bible. They reveal to us the timeless truths of Jesus Christ throughout time and space. But guess what? You and I are the fifth gospel. We are the fifth gospel. We Christians are the gospel that people see today. And the apostle Paul writes about this fifth gospel in this way in Philippians chapter two. He says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each one think of others as better than himself. Stole another one from Sandy Tisdale, who said, Humility is not to think less of yourself, but to think of yourself less. Because this is in the same mind that was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not count equality with God as something to be grasped, but instead he emptied himself. He took on the form of a servant. He was born in human form and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. What is it that Christ is trying to crucify in us that his glory may shine and show through us? Paul concludes, therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And here's the impact. In a world that's sick, aren't you sick of it? In a world that's sick of it, among an untold number of people who are having it lorded over them day after day, if they're ever going to find Jesus, if they're ever going to see the salvation of God open up to them, then they simply must. They must see someone at some point, somewhere, and somehow doing something to try and look like the Jesus we say that we serve. Not being served, but serving giving our lives as a ransom for many, just as Jesus gave his life to ransom us. 
The Apostle Paul also says this, the love of Christ is what compels us, for we are convinced that Jesus died for all, therefore all have died, and if anyone is found in Christ, he is a new creation, and he's given us this ministry of reconciliation. Why? That we might share it with the world who's so urgently and desperately waiting to hear it. So what does this have to do with stewardship? I'm so glad you asked. Because just a few minutes from now, you're going to hear my good friend Becky Powell share a testimony, a story of why she gives as you all give. I so love being a part of this congregation and your generosity for the sake of the gospel. She's going to tell her story of why she gives to support this mission and this ministry that we affectionately call Christ the Redeemer, and I promise you we're all going to be blessed by it. Where's Andrew? You ready? Amen. Okay.